This is Recognize, a podcast about the NHL's black and biracial hockey heroes, proudly supported by eBay Canada. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Robbie Earl was born in Chicago in 1985. He played 47 games in the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Minnesota Wild, as well as a long career in the AHL and in Europe. Robbie, thanks for being on the show. Uh, I'm just going to start out with by asking you when I show you this uh, hockey card with you Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, what comes to mind? Oh man, a lot of a lot of pride there, and a lot of hard work, and gets gets me to to that point, and a lot of family uh, side of that too as well. But uh, yeah, a lot of pride that goes into that uh, that hockey card right there. And I'm I'm a sports fan in general, so you should know I did a bit of background and understand you spent a little bit of time with the U.S national junior team. And I believe you also spent time at Pioneer High School, which is across from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan yep. Stadium. I, I'm a Big Ten follower and be yep. at the a few times. So so here's your uh, Wisconsin Carter to a Big Ten oh. team. Or I don't know what they call, if they call that in hockey, but yeah, yeah. What, what, what comes to mind with your Wisconsin years when you see this card? Have you seen this card before? Yes, I have. Um, and uh, impressed that you've, you've found that or, you know, pull that from somewhere, but, uh, yeah, no, that card, uh, is kind of the encompassing of, uh, you know, me, me be becoming a, a, you know, a true professional, um, and a lot of, a lot of family ties to that as well. Um, a lot of good people in my life, uh, that came, uh, you know, through my time in Wisconsin. So, okay. So we'll, we'll get into those, uh, later, but, um, so let's delve a little bit into your, uh, past as a young person. Um, so did you ever collect cards as a young person or when you're a professional? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I okay. collect all. Uh, okay. um, yeah, I had a pretty good, uh, collection of hockey cards, um, um, from a very young age, you know, I had a late start to, to the game, but, uh, oh, we'll get into uh, that. So my, my early age, uh, early days was definitely, uh, getting into the game through, through hockey cards and, and roller hockey. So, so give us some names, like of the cards you remember collecting. Oh man. Cards, you know, I I was a big fan of uh, of of the Kings and uh, and uh, surprisingly the the Habs. Uh, so, you know, back in the day, I remember a big 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 collection of uh, Saku Koivu cards. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, kind of grew up watching him. Uh, you know, the Greskies, uh, a lot of uh, Luke Robitoigs. Uh, oh yeah. Um, and, uh, there was this, what actually a point where, you know, I, I had a fascination for goalies. So I remember having, uh, you know, the good old, like Rob Stobbers and all right. Jamie stores and Kelly Rudy cards. Um, yeah, they all played for the LA Kings, right? Goalies for the LA Kings. I was a big, big Kings fan. And then, uh, Patrick Wall cards. You can see where I'm going with this. Collect a lot of, uh, yeah. those two teams, uh, okay. but, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely collect a lot, quite a bit of cards growing up. Okay. And was the focus on goaltending because you might be a goaltender at one point or? or I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what it was. You know, like I said, I played a lot of street hockey. So uh, any kid that knows grew up playing street hockey, you're, you have a good chance of playing goalie quite a bit as well. So, you know, I found myself playing a lot of goalie, but obviously as I, as I kind of got into hockey, I realized uh, 
I was better at skating fast than moving fast. So Okay. The references here say that you're born in Chicago, Illinois. Did you spend much time in Chicago and then you you eventually end up in Los Angeles, I understand, or or oh, uh, somewhere uh, or California. Is that correct? Or yeah, I was uh I was born born in Chicago, uh Waukegan, Illinois. My dad was uh um in the Navy there uh for a short period. Um then uh ended up moving back to uh California where uh you know grew up. I was raised by my grandparents there shortly after uh, we got back from uh, from Illinois. Um, and yeah, my roots are, are mainly uh, placed in Los Angeles. So you're not the first uh, guest on the podcast who's had uh, military roots. Um, we've talked to a number of players who actually grew up with that experience. Um, so that was that's, that's the piece about Illinois then, right? The yep. military yep. station. Okay. And then... Um, Tell us what it was like then growing up in Los Angeles, because you are following, I guess, the Wayne Gretzky years. He landed there in the early 90s. So, and you said you got to hockey late. So I'd like to hear more about how you how your whole experience of hockey started. Me highlighting that I, I grew up with my grandparents, uh, both both Canadians. Um, grandfather was uh, born in uh, Quebec City, uh, lived in, and raised there. My grandmother was uh, from uh, Toronto, uh, down, you know, pretty much downtown there. Went to, uh, went to nursing school, um, they meant, and uh, shortly after moved to California. Um, so uh, unfortunately, uh, I lost both my parents at a very young age, entered their household uh, about, uh, I'd say about three or four years old. Um, and then from there, uh, with just with their passion for the game and building you know, their upbringing and culture for the game of hockey, uh, it was kind of a, a forced actual, actualization of, of, of becoming a hockey player. But uh, you know, all in all, um, I found myself um, spending most of my days either playing the game, uh, watching the game, or um, uh, engaging with friends and and uh, other people outside around the game. So uh, my life was definitely built around hockey uh, from a, from an early age. Um, but uh, the game came to me through through roller hockey. Uh, okay, I kind of found uh, you know my love for the game, and uh, from there jumped into uh, ice hockey around age I'd say uh, age seven. So age seven, that's when you first started skating. Um, can you tell us, elaborate further on how did you learn to skate and who supported you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, got into age seven. It was kind of back and forth. I had always kind of been ice skating um, during that time. Um, but, you know, just from how expensive and how much travel there was into getting, you know, into the game um, from a travel standpoint, it took me about, you know, a few years after most people. But, um, you know, my grandparents um, always you know, made a place for hockey in, in you know, in my life, um, you know, getting me to a chance to, you know, engage with the game and, and from a role hockey standpoint or, you know, equipment needs or taking me to, you know, Kings games and whatnot. But um, when it became evident that uh, hockey was something serious, um, they, you know, led me to, let, you know, let me dive in at, at around age seven. And then from there, you know, I, I understood the game. Uh, I knew I could skate, but, uh, you know, there was definitely a, a steep learning curve just from catching up to the rest of the kids who have been playing for, for quite a while. But, you know, from there, um, you know, my grandparents uh, definitely advocated for me to, you know, have appreciation for the game and, you know, something we bonded over. You know, granted, there was that generational difference, you know, them being my grandparents and, uh, you know, we had a wonderful life, but we definitely bonded around the game of hockey. So um, definitely a huge appreciation for that. And I, we should give, um, you know, some credit, I guess, for you to talk about this roller hockey experience, because that's quite unique. And can you yep. talk about how frequent you were on roller hockey and did that start before seven and eight? Was there a couple of years of roller hockey? Playing, 
proper ice hockey on a team was 87, but you know, I was always out there kind of pick up games or whatever at a you know, very young age with other friends, but nothing structured, but you know, roller hockey came into my life, uh, very young. Um, I'm at, I, you know, I remember being on the, on the, you know, roller rink, um, or, you know, out, out, Inside my, you know, the house on the, on the, on the, on the, on the roads there, you know, very young, you know, three, four, five, some days playing by myself and just, uh, imagining myself, uh, you know, being one of the, you know, the Gretzky's or, or players I was watching, but, uh, you know, it was a very young age. Uh, I, I had appreciation for the game, but it definitely heightened when, uh, when I got into ice hockey. And I would imagine that that transition from roller hockey to ice hockey from truly like from a basic balancing standpoint, must have made it very comfortable for you. Is that correct, or was it still quite a, quite a different experience switching switching to ice hockey? Uh, you know, as as a young kid, you just kind of just move. You know, as things come to you, and you take it in stride. So I don't, you know, remember too much of the the differences. But uh, you know, I think the biggest uh, uh, takeaway of from roller to ice hockey was uh, way more structured, and you know, especially at that age, it's it became such a um, pretty decent time commitment at a very young age for me. Um, so I just remember that, uh, you know, early ice sessions, you know, 5 a.m. Uh, beyond that, you know, I think um, my love for hockey is is the same as it was when I was a kid, you know, coming off of 17 years now of ice hockey, you know, it's just nice to start reflecting and having these conversations with you and, and kind of seeing where I've, where I've come from. You did something that's a bit of a dream for most kids at a young age, played in the Quebec Wee tournament. And I believe you played for the Los Angeles Junior Kings. Yep. Was that around the time where you started to think, you know, stand out as, uh, you know, someone that might have a future in this game, or at least a, that would be probably considered a AAA top team for Los Angeles? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, you know, that moment when, uh, you know, I think it was uh, the Pee Wee tournament in that phase um, when that came about where you start taking, you know, where you're at, comparing yourself to, kind of where you can go with compared to other kids, you know, obviously, you know, growing up in, in Los Angeles, uh, the towel pool was, you know, a little, little smaller. Um, so I, w- I got away with, um, you know, maybe um, having that, that ability to, you know, stand out a little, a little easier, I'd say than most, but obviously knowing that you go to tournaments or you go to the Quebec tournament, um, you know, play against better talent, but, you know, at, you know, for some reason or another, I was always able to raise the bar and, um, you know, always, you know, try to stand out a little more and, and, and take, take the, the talent that's coming at me and, and adjust and continue developing. So, um, you know, but that was definitely a time period where, um, you know, I felt definitely a little more pressure to, um, you know, perform and, and keep developing and kind of keep goal setting to where I want to get to. Um, and that was definitely the period of time where, um, you know, I had a little bit of a, a vision board of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do um, with my career. But uh, um, yeah, it's actually, it's fun thinking about thinking back to that time. Uh, definitely a big moment in my life. Yeah. And can you tell us what position you played? Was there always just one position you played, Robbie? And uh, what type of player were you? Yeah. So I was always kind of the, the fast skilled guy, um, the one who can really skate. Um, and, uh, you know, I just thinking back now, just understanding and how the, how the game had to, I had to develop my game and understand the game as, you know, years went on. And, um, um, but I was always, always that fast player, but maybe needed to build a little more hockey knowledge, obviously coming from, you know, California. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, primarily, you know, played wing center, um, depending on, uh, 
either I was playing up a year or two, or, um, you know, if I was playing with, uh, you know, at my peers at that, at that time, uh, it was, it was mainly winger or center, but, uh, but yeah, it was definitely, um, changed, I guess, per, per, per team or per year I was, I was, I was playing. So. Yeah. And oftentimes there's a few pe- key people that, um, influence a young person's career. And you mentioned your grandparents, is there any particular, uh, coaches, uh, or other supporters you want, you felt had a big impact in those stages of your development? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a really good question. You know, I've, I've, I had a, a group of best friends. Um, and I, you know, I think you think, think back, you always think about coaches and, um, especially in early stages and it definitely had big impacts, impacts on me and, and kind of giving me the guidance and uh, the places where, you know, I could probably go with the game. But, um, you know, I think back to my young age, it's actually, uh, my circle of friends, uh, and just way, the way we, um, you know, um, not just stuck together, but we, our, our friendship was built around the game of hockey, right? So at, every time we were getting together, it was, it was in some sort of either playing the game, uh, you know, uh, outdoors or, you know, playing video games or talking about the game or trading cards or going up, you know, going to professional games. Um, so it was just that, that you know, camaraderie and that um, the community I had outside of uh, just the, the team aspect that, uh, you know, really helped me just uh, a love and passion for the game. And we were, there were also teammates growing up um, that kind of built that. But, uh, you know, I think as a young age, that was important to me. But obviously, coaches definitely played a bigger part, you know, as I developed and as I um, had to move on from, um, you know, playing playing in California and moving into higher ranks, uh, coaches definitely came in uh, to play a bigger role. Yeah. And Robbie, did you balance out any other sports? Some of our previous guests have talked about, um, you know, the benefits of balancing out other sports and having fun. And it yep. wasn't all about, uh, you know, every day of the year hockey. Could you comment on your experience? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the other way. I'm, <laughs> I was a hundred percent hockey. Uh, you know, obviously I, I dabbled in baseball, dabbles a little bit of football as well. Um, but it was more of a, um, you know, I had to miss quite a bit because of hockey at a, at a very young age. Um, but, you know, my life, you know, and just my family dynamic, you know, growing up with my grandparents where, um, you know, hockey was that kind of stable stability for them as well, not just myself. Um, so my time was allocated to, um, you know, getting, you know, making teams and getting to where I needed to be. And um, so, you know, my my focus on the game came at a very, very young age, um, you know, for better or worse. Um, but, uh, um, you know, looking back now and being retired, you just realize how much I mean, you invested in the game and how much the game has invested in you. Um, but, uh, you know, my love for the game and commitment to the game started very, very young. Um, so um, I'm sure other people had various other interest in, in uh, um, opportunities to play other sports, but uh, I was pretty much stuck uh, playing the game. Well, around your age group here, we're starting to get into the specialization of sports. So, you know, I would say the the older players probably delved into more sports and I know you being American, you'd probably be familiar with, uh, you know, people moving from, say, what, bas- football to basketball to baseball. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. but those days, maybe they don't happen as much anymore, both in the U.S. and Canada. Maybe there's, there's more specialization, but I guess there's merits to both. That, that's for sure. Yep. I also think where you grew up in um, California, obviously, to elevate yourself as a hockey player, it probably required that level of specialization. We'll probably get into that a little bit later with your national development team, but that didn't always exist for, uh, for us, uh, development, right? I, I think, I think over time, 
those programs really elevated the game of players. And but but with that, I imagine it came with this commitment for you to say you're on this traveling team and you gotta be all in. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, and you brought up a really good point. You know, and um, you know, I'm thinking about this in real time when you're asking questions. Right, this isn't something that uh, I reflect on much, but you know, I think that aspect of growing up in a not a somewhat hockey market definitely played into the early stage of, of socialization for the games. So. Yeah. So when you talked about the other sports, baseball, football, did you grow up in an area where you being quite diverse as a racialized person? And did you have other people, um, people of color, racialization uh, that, that played hockey with you or you stand out as the only one at that time? Yeah. So, and, and you know, you, that's a really good point. And I think that's a big thing too, when you asked, uh, you know, who impacts my, you know, my, the game for me and, uh, and who was a big influence. And, and that's why I say my, my close knit of friends as a, as a young kid, um, you know, grew up in the sport of hockey, you know, most of my teammates, uh, um, were, you know, obviously white or, um, you know, lived in a different part of town. So it was more of a moment where we, you know, we meet for practice, but it wasn't, um, you know, necessarily as a, as a young kid where I would hang out with them outside the rink. Um, but growing up, you know, my, my community, the people that, you know, I engaged with the game kind of, a, you know, brought the game to more of a, a cultural level for me, you know, being, you know, um, various uh, friends that, you know, uh, some, um, you know, various backgrounds, various cultures that, uh, that encompass my life. But, uh, you know, something that we, we, uh, we linked on was the game hockey and, uh, you know, and, you know, that was kind of making the games closer to home for me. Um, and also kind of balance the, maybe the culture I wasn't getting, uh, early on growing up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you bring up a good point. Um, but growing up from the game of hockey, definitely, um, it was definitely something that wasn't maybe culturally mixed and dispersed, but, uh, um, you know, I, I offset that with close to friends. Okay. And then your brief experience with baseball and football, would that be more of a diverse experience or just from where how I sit here and watch American sports? I I tend to see those sports tend to pull in a, a, a wider background of people. Yeah, yeah, definitely a wider, um, um, and you know, different, uh, economic status, you know, thinking back and just, um, you know, um, it was definitely, I'd say a better balance for sure. Okay. Yeah. As you move through the ranks here, do, do you recall you had the circle of friends, players, were you starting to, um, looking back now, were there people now you played against who went on to become NHL stars along that journey? Uh, um, you, you mean kids I, I grew up with or kids I played I, yeah, with? Yeah, either within the California or as you sort of moved on to this uh, national development team, I guess. Yeah, so there is, uh, you know, there is, um, I, I wouldn't say close-knit friends, but friends that, uh, you know, we had a common bond, obviously being uh, California kids, you know, and making out and and, uh, you know, carving our own paths, but you look at the likes of, uh, you know, Brett Sterling, uh, he was a couple of, couple years older than me. I uh, played at Colorado college, um, you know, made, made the trek to the U S national program a couple of years before me as well. So, you know, he was, a he was a kid that, um, you know, we connected be, just because of, we knew the, um, you know, just how tough it was to you know, make that shift and to get to where he was. Um, so I definitely remember that relationship and that friendship building just off of, uh, um, you know, the, just the difference that is of, you know, coming from a California market, um, you know, others like Brian Salcido obviously played at Colorado college as well. 
um, you know, we, we had a bond, um, and actually one of my close knit friends, not just growing up, but just as, uh, we engaged, um, you know, going up the ranks, it was Matt Forty played with, with me here at Wisconsin, um, you know, all California kids. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a bond there of, of, um, making it uh, to where we, where we did, uh, with, uh, the type of hockey market we came from. Hmm. So in Toronto, they talked about the Vince Carter effect, but after Vince Carter came to the Raptors, there's a spinoff of all these kids who joined the game. And you're yep. kind of maybe the aftershock of the Gretzky and everything um, else that followed after him. <laughs> yep. So describe this, the steps that this sort of led to your uh, being um, accepted, uh, or I guess recruited to the U.S. national development team. Yeah. So, um, you know, my road to the U S national team, um, was, uh, you know, a two year process, um, you know, you go to various, uh, select programs and you kind of make your way out of, uh, you know, your association or your district and, um, you know, having, you know, going to more regional, uh, tournaments and having conversations, uh, of, uh, the possibility of, uh, making the U S national team. So it was definitely a, uh, an extensive kind of, um, evaluation steps that I, that I remember, but, uh, you know, I remember, um, going to Ann Arbor for, um, the select evaluations, I think it was 50 kids, um, for the age group and, um, you know, being one of the only, only one of two out of the West coast. So, um, you know, West coast also encompass Arizona. So, um, one of my good friends, Dusty Collins, he was my other counterpart. Um, so. You know, you had a lot of, you know, you had a lot of kids from the central and the east coast and two from the west coast. So, you know, obviously, you know, that kind of tells, um, you know, what that time period looked like from a development standpoint for the game of hockey. But, um, you know, I remember, um, um, again, just assessing the talent that I was up against. And, um, you know, I've done that over and over in my, my life uh, to that point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to make it. But, you know, that experience... Uh, uh, was, I mean, I, I know a lot of people say different moments make you are today, but, uh, you know, that, that experience and that, that, uh, that point of time, uh, definitely developed, uh, me into an hockey player and, uh, into, uh, you know, the, the, and kind of, uh, define the path I need, we need to take to get to the angel. And just so listeners know, um, you know, the under 17, 18 team, I think that would be more of a concentrated commitment than experience here in Canada. Like we don't, we don't typically have a group of kids who become a team yep. for a season. So if I've got that understand correctly, you would have been sort of living, build, building or something at that school in Michigan yep. Pioneer High School. Yep. Almost, almost like our version of a junior hockey team, but you're playing on the national team. Is that, are you playing with that team for the entire season or points of points of time of the year? Yep. So it's, uh, uh, under 17, so kids usually come in after their or during their their sophomore year in high school, um, and they have an under 17 and under 18. Under 18 team is obviously the previous year that moves up to under 18. Um, so we we all uh, relocate to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, I think now it's in Plymouth, Minnesota, uh, Michigan. But um, um, yeah, we 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 spend the whole year there, uh, go to high school, um, and it's uh, a full time commitment. So you know we. We play uh, uh, nationally um, for more of a, 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 a prelude to international uh, competition. Uh, we would have three or four international tournaments that we would uh, be preparing for. And obviously being, um, you know, the under 17 world championships that, uh, that my year was in Winnipeg. 
Um, and then under 18s um, was uh, my year was in Yaroslavl, Russia. So wow. uh, that was kind of uh, the two big tournaments during our time there um, from under 17 to under 18. So transformative experience in terms of everything that goes with that experience on and off the ice, I imagine. Yeah, the, the commitment was uh, pretty extensive, uh, you know, alone, you know, just moving away from home and, um, you know, and uh, meeting a new group of um, friends that, you know, you're going to have to get along with for the next, uh, you know, 24 months. But, um, you know, the time commitment alone is is pretty much a full-time job, uh, you know, going to high school, but, you know, you're, you're at the arena by uh, 345. Um, and you're not out of there till I'd say about, uh, o'clock. Got to go home. Um, hopefully you got some good billets that, uh, can, uh, cook a de- decent meal, but, uh, and then, you know, we got to hit the books as well. So, um, um, but the, the time commitment and the, uh, specialization that, uh, you know, we, we were kind of, uh, a part of, uh, definitely benefited us all. So it's a real unique setup that's uh that's current i imagine the same programming occurs now if you compare it to the other major sports in the u.s um basketball you're kind of you know i guess you might go to academy nowadays if you're really um elite and then maybe get a scholarship from there um football you're probably staying with your local high school and then moving on for scholarships so and baseball there's probably regional so that seems to be really unique of all the sports i can think of in the u.s that they've that uh setup would occur yeah, and I think it's one of the barriers as well to you know to the game of hockey. I think it takes a lot of commitment from an early age, a lot of um, you know sacrifice, not just from a family side, but you know from a uh, a proper, I'd say, high school, uh, um, you know, in, in you know environment, and you know going to school with uh, kids you grew up with in high school, and you know I had to leave, uh, um, you know, uh, you know sophomore year high school and um you know and then was at wisconsin by you know 24 months later so Hmm. uh, yeah it was uh definitely a huge commitment but uh but uh you know definitely something other sports don't have to go through yeah and and um do you believe there's there's kids today or was it did this cross your mind is it a decision that some students decide not to do they just say you know i'm good i'm going to keep pursuing my hockey and I won't enter the U.S. national program. I guess it might be crazy for someone to turn it down, but does yeah, that? No, there's definitely, uh, you know, different hockey markets that, uh, you know, allows you to have a little more flexibility. And, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, the Minnesota markets or you can look in, um, you know, Connecticut or any, you know, pretty much anywhere in the East Coast where we have uh, either really, really, really good high school programs that, uh, you know, develop players at a high level or you look at, you know, prep schools out East that, you uh, can, uh, you know, somewhat, uh, get you to where we need to go. But, um, I think overall just that exposure and that, uh, that ability to, you know, compete internationally from a young age, uh, yeah. um, and, you know, just have that ability. Um, you know, well, I think you raise a good point, the whole opportunity for you from California to access that training and programming, right. And yep. the other yep. places you mentioned. So yeah, that, that's really, thanks for describing that for us. So then, um, the scholarship then at Wisconsin, at what point in time were you um, identified as a scholarship player there uh, and given an offer? You know, it was fortunate enough, obviously, it comes back to what we talked about, is that exposure that the national program gave us. Um, um, and, uh, you know, we were, you know, 
you know, pretty much all the players there were able to, you know, solidify some type of commitment from, um, uh, you know, universities or our major junior, but, um, you know, we, uh, we, I think for the most part, we're able to, um, you know, go to school on, on a full ride. Wisconsin first season, 27 points. Uh, is that correct? Played in the career high 42 games. Uh, your whole career at Wisconsin was seemed to be pretty steady, successful. Yep. Can you touch on your your growth and highlights of that experience for us? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think this is the point where uh, people and coaches come back into your life and have a big influence. Uh, so uh, Mike Eves, he was the coach, he coached me at the national program. Yeah. Uh, and he went to, I took the head coaching job at Wisconsin. Uh, and, okay. you know, me. He's a former uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, I believe, too, I think. Uh, former Mikey, NHL or uh, Minnesota North Star, maybe. Yeah. North Star and yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, yeah. So he was he was my coach at the national program. Took a you know took the job at Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, he he brought me in. Um, and you know, coming from California, you know, always kind of be on the move. Uh, you know, he was kind of like that father figure figure to me. Um, so you know, just coming to Wisconsin uh, was uh, was an easy decision from that aspect. Um, but uh, you know, I remember coming in my freshman year, um, you know, at this point, I'm, um, you know, 18 years old, a uh, young kid, um, you know, in some respects playing against, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old, year olds, you know, coming in, you know, as a, as a true freshman um, and just, you know, the way he challenged me and he, he knew what buttons to push and kind of how to make me, um, uh, you know, a better player, but, a, you know, a better teammate, a better person. Um, um, so, you know, that first year definitely was a, was a learning year, like any first year that you go into. Um, but as you can see, I think, you know, consecutive years, you know, developing and, and, uh, developing my game and, um, understanding what it took to maybe make that next step. And, um, you know, nothing's ever certain in, in when you're, when you're making those treks, you just try to do the best you can and have the right people around you, uh, to help, uh, steer you in the right direction. Um, you know, so, you know, that's what comes to mind when. People, why people ask me, why did you come to Wisconsin? Why didn't you go to you know, Michigan? They're right, you know, yeah, yeah. right across, literally right across my, uh, my, my home class. When I went to Pioneer. It okay. Don't know. Pioneer was right across from uh, University. Yeah. Of but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, Wisconsin was that kind of, um, um, you know, it, it, you know, came from having a, a person that I trusted and um, that trusted in me and, and saw something in me, um, and that's yeah, that's why it came to Wisconsin. Yeah, because when you're a high-ranking player like you were with the, uh, you know, experience in the U.S. national team, I imagine you had sort of the pick of wherever you wanted to go. So it comes down to a lot of factors in terms of uh, yep. um, the trust of the coaching and turnover of the team and success of the team. And yep. So I, I just want to read out a few things, too, that you were uh, on the all-rookie team. You uh, had six power play goals and three game-winning goals in, in your first year. Uh, you had a first career hat trick in overtime against North Dakota, and uh, you were awarded the Inside um, Inside College News National Player of the Week award and the WCH Rookie of the Week award. Um, so that and, you know, I guess this kind of all progressed all the way through, right? Uh, in your in your your other years uh, at, at uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and as well, um, maybe you could share with us sort of the success that your team had because I think you ultimately went on some success with your team. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing when, when you can win, right. Uh, you have, you know, long lasting relationships, but 
you know, coming in as a, as a freshman with, uh, you know, I think a recruiting class of, I think, 15. Um, and really starting at the starting blocks from a new coach, from a, a new set of players coming in to getting the program where, um, you know, you know, historically Wisconsin uh, was. Um, and then the look, look Pat, back the next three years, uh, winning a national championship, right? Um, you know, it was pretty, pretty special. Um, not just, uh, you know, ha- have the, the chance to play Wisconsin, play for a coach that, uh, you know, I admired um, and, you know, have the friendships that I have today from, you know, that decision. And then look the fast forward to winning a national championship uh, is pretty, pretty, pretty special. Um, so, yeah. Have you got, have you got your ring? Uh, not on me, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we do, we, we, you know, we were able to, um, you, you know, get, uh, get a ring and, um, natural championship trophy sitting, uh, in the Cole center, uh, currently living, I currently live in Madison, Wisconsin. So okay. uh, it's fun for the kids to take a look at that and kind of see the, the, um, you know, the history of Wisconsin hockey and being able to see, you know, our uh, 2006 national championship trophy there as well is pretty special. Yeah. So that would be your final year, your junior season, you scored a goal in the final of the uh, championship against the Boston college Eagles. Um, but where, where did that frozen four take place? Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, so, oh, so, uh, so it was in your back. Pretty close. Backyard, yep. Pretty, pretty close, okay. Yep. If you're enjoying Recognize and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and feeling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. You scored uh, twice against the University of Maine in the Frozen Four semifinal. Yep. You were selected to the Frozen Four all-tournament team and named most outstanding player. So um, the decision to go to the Leafs and turn pro, and I just want to just describe for our listeners, my understanding is when you, you can't just say, I'm going to go up to the pro team and, and keep your collegiate status. It's a big decision because you have to say, once you're gone, you're, you're not turning back. You finish off your degree, I guess, later on. But yep. in terms of athletics, you can't play again. So yep. um, I assume... You know, the advice and everything you got would be this would be the time now. You're three years in, you're getting some interest, but you're not uh, drafty, drafted when you're collegiate players. I understand. I think you basically, there's a, there's probably a portal or some window where you can sign with teams. So maybe just describe that whole, whole circumstance, how you landed yep. in the NHL. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after my freshman year at Wisconsin, I was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, okay. So it was early, it was your first year. So, yeah. so, so I was drafted. Okay. Uh, but it's a collegiate player. You you can't sign with the national club um, during your time any any college ranks. So, okay, so you got the drafting. Okay, got it. Yeah, got drafted. Um, and uh, you know developed through that time. Won a national championship. Um, and uh, shortly after we won, uh, the Leafs, uh, uh, you know, asked if I'd be willing to you know make the jump. And um, you know, looking back now and realizing you know how much fun uh, and how good we had it in college. Uh, you know, you're, you're always like, and I know that question is going to come, Dean, uh, and you're going to ask, you know, do you, do you wish you stayed your senior year? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I say yes. Um, you know, and realizing uh, as long as I played and to give myself that extra year uh, to, um, you know, 
be a kid, um, you know, be a young adult where, you know, stepping into the professional ranks is, uh, is, uh, is definitely a big shift. Um, not just on the ice, but a lot of other, uh, intangible, um, responsibilities that come with being a professional. So, um, um, but, uh, but, yeah. but the, flip, the, the flip side is, you know, I guess people in making these decisions, you're wondering, will you ever get that opportunity again? Like you, you, you should get the opportunity. You are a drafted player. You weren't, you weren't yep. a free agent. Yep. So you were guaranteed to, you know, yep. go to camp or something, I guess, when you were done your four years. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, you know, I had such the, I had such a fortunate uh, situation too at Wisconsin where, um, you know, most of my, you know, good friends and players that ha- are that, you know, were making that jump as well. You know, I, uh, you know, my, my layman here at you know, Wisconsin was, uh, my center actually, uh, Joe Pavelski, uh, you know, he decided to, to make that jump. Uh, you know, we had a couple other, um, you know, players that, uh, decided to make that jump and, you know, you kind of get, you got to kind of get, uh, you know, kind of caught up in the moment. Um, you know, I did feel like I was ready. Um not saying it was either a good suit or bad, but, uh, you just realize, especially on the, being the back end now and, and looking back, you just, you just realize how much time you did have, uh, to play professional, um, and to kind of just take each moment to the, to the most that you can. And, um, you know, granted I was able to finish school, um, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, just gave myself that time to, um, you know, develop and mature and, um, you know, get my education. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, yeah, you, you, you can't second guess. You just sort of make the decisions you made, but it yeah. sounds like advice you're giving maybe to younger people in your position right now would be to, to, you know, consider, you know, possibly just playing it out, playing it through and developing further and then sort of taking it from there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the Wisconsin years, um, finish up national championship. Um, what was it like being a black hockey player at Wisconsin? Did, did, was that, again, was that unique? I'm assuming there may not have been any other racialized players on your team. Did, did you also have friends from other collegiate sports and, and baseball or basketball or football? What, what was it like being an athlete? Yeah, it was, it was beautiful moment in time. Uh, you know, just, um, Playing first, first, foremost, playing, being able to play hockey at a high level, um, to you know have have school paid for, to getting a top notch education, um, but then just the mixing pot of what colleges bring, right? Uh, you know, was able to hang out with a lot of uh, and really good friends from different, uh, you know, different athletic sides of, of the university, and had good you know good friendship with football players, good you know um, friendships with um, some of the wrestling guys. Um, you know, I, I think back of fond memories there. Uh, we actually, you know, uh, we had, uh, uh, we had school housing our first year. So they put all the hockey guys with all, all the wrestling guys, uh, and that doesn't mix well. well. Granted, we, we enjoyed each other, but, uh, <laughs> definitely caught a lot of shenanigans there, but, um, but anyways, uh, you know, just the mixing pot of what university gave me and it comes back to this idea of. Um, can I build culture and, and people around me outside of, of the game? Because ultimately when I, you know, go to the, go to the rink, uh, you know, it was, it was great, but it was, there was definitely a difference, uh, in, you know, kind of my upbringing, um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, striving to, 
uh, you know, get to a certain level. And there's always uh, um, barriers that are definitely there. Um, and I've had almost 20 years to articulate it and process it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I always tried to balance my life by, um, you know, people around me outside, outside the game as well. Um, and it made uh, huge dividends, uh, kind of for the, for the course of my career. Mm. And, and I'd heard in, um, previous interviews, um, because we've had very few, um, you know, African-American born players that, um, it was really actually kind of a unique experience, A, for them to um, look up to previous players that might be in their market, sort of strove them and gave them confidence to their game. But even at the collegiate level, just um, they had a bit of a following of people who actually really started to appreciate other classmates that 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 they were out there representing diversity. Now, I know some people, that might not be a big deal to people, all, but did you have that experience at all in terms of people were like, like, well, wow, that's really unique that Robbie Earl's playing for Wisconsin. Was that part of your experience? No, I still get it today. I tell people, I know I, you know, they ask me what I, what I do or what I've done. And, you know, I, I tell them I played hockey for, you know, 17 years. And it's still that same reaction I got when I was 10 years old that, uh, you know, I was, I wanted to be a professional hockey player. You still get those same, uh, you know, kind of put back, well, you, you played hockey or uh, you kind of, I'm always still placed in, anything but the game I fell in love with and the game that I, um, you know, you know, pretty much put my life into. Um, and, uh, it's not a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> articulating kind of what, uh, what is, what was common for me, you know, and, and coming up through the game and, um, um, you know, even on, on campus when I played here at Wisconsin, you know, everybody thought I was either a football guy or a basketball guy. Yeah. But you know, granted I stood out cause I was, you know, one of only, people of color, uh, you know, playing, uh, at that time for, for Badger hockey, but, uh, no, it's, uh, something, it's, it's something I still, um, yeah. bat away today. Um, and as you can see, I have a smile on my face, yeah. because, uh, you know, I see where the game is going and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. And did you, did you pull a bit of a following, uh, of people from diverse backgrounds to, to watch your other kids? I, I know even a collegiate athletes, you know, you're, you're, you're like professionals in some of these markets. And, and I know that the, the uh, basketball players have stars and football players have stars. So was that part of your experience as well too, being a prominent player on the team? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were, you know, especially with the exposure I had from, you know, playing at Wisconsin and, and having a successful career, um, you know, just realizing that, uh, you know, different types of people would, you know, be curious of kind of my background and how I got there and, um, and, you know, I always saw that as a, as a, you know, an opportunity for me to, uh, um, tell my story, um, and, you know, maybe, you know, give kids a different idea of a, a trajectory that maybe isn't, uh, like everybody else's and it doesn't have to be cut from the same script. Um, and it's just important that we tell our stories and, but yes, yeah. uh, there was quite a bit of following, uh, uh, throughout my career, especially around that. Yeah, and I think also speaking about the experience of other intangibles that hockey brings to the experience, like you were talking about your younger experience about the bond of your friendships. And and I know myself having played multiple sports, there's something unique about the hockey experience because you spend so much time traveling in the rink and the change room and all these types of things. So I think that's important for you to sort of share and, and uh, make other people aware of uh, in terms of the opportunities that hockey provides for, for anyone from any background. 100%. Yeah. So then the NHL, 
Um, let's go back then because the draft day, you said you're drafted by Toronto Maple Leafs. So tell us yep. about what led up to that. Did, did you, what round were you drafted? Did, did you expect to go to Maple Leafs? Uh, did you have some family members part of the experience? What was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, a phase or understanding where it was like, you know, this is, you're going to get drafted. This is what this is going to happen. Um, you know, these teams are looking at you. It was pretty much just, uh, um, you know, I just kind of went my my own route and, you know, had a good season here in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I obviously you know, got uh, the contact that I was drafted by the Leafs okay. uh, in the sixth round. Sixth round, yeah. 187 overall. 187. 2004 uh, NHL entry draft. To the Maple Leafs. Uh, and, you know, that was that was special to me, obviously, having uh, two grandparents that are, um, you know, Canadian-born and uh, my grandmother and, and family that, uh, you know, uh, that were in Toronto. Um, and then being drafted by the Leafs, uh, you know, was extra special. And, um, uh, yeah, so I just, I remember that draft day. Um, did you go to the draft or did you find out about it? I, I did. I did, go to, yeah. I did go to the draft. I wanted to, I wanted to check it out for myself. Uh, so I was able to, uh, make it down there with, where was uh, it held? With my, my grandparents, uh, uh, Raleigh, North, I think Raleigh, Raleigh, North, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So I remember that and. Um, you know, didn't really have any expectations, wanted to take it in. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a special, special moment. So everything followed through as expected. You were thinking it was kind of, kind of be the Leafs and it was the Leafs. Is that? No, I really didn't have, uh, have an idea. Um, oh. you know, you kind of had maybe an inkling here or there that, you know, you knew, a a, a team was scouting you maybe four or five months back and, you know, coach tells you, you know, uh, let's, you know, take a stab here. Maybe it was, you know, while Avalanche was in the stands. So, you know, they're kind of always this, you know, maybe, maybe them, but, uh, but yeah, I, I know, no inkling that, uh, it would be the Leafs. Yeah. So how did you celebrate? How did I celebrate? Uh, like any, like any 18 year old kid would do, uh, um, you know, <laughs> uh, not, uh, not very much, but, uh, you know, I just, I just remember getting drafted, you know, having to be quite busy. And then prepping for, okay. uh, I was thinking of shortly, uh, had to go to Toronto for, um, um, uh, rookie camp, okay. uh, evaluation camp. Uh, and, uh, and then from there, uh, entered my sophomore season at Wisconsin. Oh, neat. Yep. So then, uh, after Wisconsin, then, um, you joined the, uh, Ape Toronto Marlies, the farm team of the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2005-06. Yep. 2006-07, you play 67 games for the Marlies. Followed by another season with the Marlies in 2007, then you jump to uh, the big moment with the with the Leafs. So, yep. um, not everyone that sort of gets drafted and you know makes it uh, to the Marley team eventually makes it to the NHL. So, um, your 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 point totals were very uh, steady with the Marlies. You know, you had you had you know 30 points, 67 games, and 47 points in 67 games, and then you sort of make the club lead to the big club. So. Tell us first about the experience with the Marlies and and your growth there, and then we can talk about the the, the first game of the Leafs. Yeah, no, it was uh, you know it was uh, first off wonderful to get drafted by the Leafs, but then second all to to sign and 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 go to the um, you know the Toronto market. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're the Leafs or the Marlies; it's pretty uh, um, it's pretty all hands on uh, kind of from a media standpoint. So it was uh, you know exciting as a young kid to walk in and. 
and, you know, the hopes of maybe going down the road there to the ACC and, and to play a game. Um, so we were located at the Rico Coliseum. Uh, it was about, uh, I'd say about two miles uh, down the road. Um, so, you know, being in proximity just gives you that, uh, um, you know, just you, you feel the energy and you're, you're not, you're not too far from, you know, making the jump. But, uh, you know, I remember uh, it being very competitive um, going in and really trying to make your mark to, to make that step. Um, maybe very, maybe vastly different than maybe, um, you know, the collegiate ranks where, um, you know, I just remember as a young kid or, you know, my first year of leaps, you know, going in our first, first year with the Marlies going in and, and, uh, you know, do whatever it took to you know, make that jump and get to the next level. And, um, and, uh, you know, being all of, how old was I then? Yeah, I'm 20 years old. Um, um, you know, trying to process where I wanted to go and how to get there and, um, um, and being that it being, you know, somewhat a, a grown person to, you know, take on life as it comes to you outside the rink as well. And, and I just remember the diff- different uh, challenges that, uh, you know, that brought, but, uh, you know, all in all, it was a big year for me, uh, to make that step. Um, and, uh, you know, I was able to have a successful year and then, and, and, and you didn't have, and you're, you're a scorer, Robbie, you're a point, um, offensive player and you didn't, I mean, the stats bear that you didn't have to change your style much. You kind of delivered, I guess, somewhat pretty much what you were supposed to deliver as a player. I'd imagine there's, there's probably more to the game with, um, defense responsibilities and offense knowing everything else but yep. but but talk about that because that that that's pretty unique i guess in many ways that seems that you're able to kind of stay true to yourself as a player yeah and you know for better or worse as well you know uh you know i've always been that that player that uh um you know plays the game um um you know true to myself uh you know i always saw myself as a scorer and um you know, really you know love creating plays loved uh um, you know, bring the energy was on the ice from a offensive standpoint. Um, and, you know, obviously you know, do what I need on the offensive side, but, you know, being, being seen and, and kind of, uh, uh, known as a offensive player was kind of, you know, the way I played the game. I played like that, you know, uh, you know, leading into, into college and then into professional. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at the early stages and, you know, to make an initial club top six role is, is, is pretty, pretty hard to do. Um, so, you know, it was that trying to adjust my game just enough to, you know, be seen as a responsible third and fourth line guy that, uh, can, um, still, um, uh, produce, but, uh, can, um, you know, play the, play the certain style of game that fits that third, fourth line mold. But, um, you know, that, that took a little bit longer to develop in my end. Um, but, uh, you know, all in all, you know, from an offensive standpoint, uh, something I love to do. So it was something that, uh, as you can see, uh, was something that uh, I was able to be fairly steady with. So, yeah. So then tell us what led up to the old experience of being called up for that first game. And uh, where was that game? Do you remember with Toronto Maple Leafs? And what was the whole experience like? Yeah. So, first game, um, 2007, was, I guess. 2007. Yep. So it was, uh, at the Air Canada Center. Um, um, actually, I'm thinking of, actually, they both were at Air Canada Center, so I'm thinking of the preseason game against uh, against uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, but the, the first game I played uh, in the regular season uh, was versus uh, Ottawa Senators. Am I right? I, I, I uh, 
I, I didn't look at the official so, NHL record. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, I remember um, getting uh, my first point that game, oh. uh, being called up uh, um, with, uh, so uh, I remember getting the call from Paul Maurice uh, saying that, uh, um, you know, it's about time I be able to, you know, get up here and, and, and show what I got. I remember, you know, Paul Maurice was my coach previously when I came in after college at the end of the year there. Um, so he knew me uh, a little bit prior to coming into training camp that year. But um, so, yeah, he, I remember that call from Paul Maurice saying, we're going to bring you up. Uh, excited to have you. Um, and uh, I remember playing, uh, you know, doing the the whole warm up in the morning and uh, getting acclimated and introduced to all the guys and being plopped right next to and Matt Sundin there. And, uh, you know, trying to take it in and, and get ready, but also uh, just enjoy the moment. But, uh, but yeah, it was def- definitely a very special uh, time uh, in my career. So did uh, you have any family watching either at the rink or at home or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my family, so I had some family in, in Montreal that, uh, you know, watched, watched in. And then uh, my grandmother uh, flew in uh, uh, from California, was able to, uh, to make it there in time and, and uh and catch the game so that was very special um but uh but yeah it was it was a great time in my life yeah how did that feel because of um everything you've worked towards with the you know a young person the u.s national team the wisconsin years the judging through as i said the marley's not everyone makes through that stage makes it through so so yeah you must have a lot of you know really appreciative memories reflect upon that time to play that first NHL game. Yeah. It was just, it's just, if you think back, it's amazing how many people uh, influence your life, uh, you know, um, you know, in, in ups and downs of it, you know, it's just, it wasn't as, you know, one clear scale to next level to the next level. It was uh, definitely challenging time. So, um, you know, just the, the teammates in college that kind of helped, uh, um, you know, get me through tough times, you know, at Wisconsin, uh, it's Mike Eves challenging me, but also understanding uh, the challenges I had in front of me and, and had me become aware of those and, and how he helped uh, assist, but also better me of how to challenge those, you know, those, uh, those moments in time that, uh, um, you know, were maybe tougher on me than other, other kids, um, you know, was, you know, growing up with, without two parents and being raised by your grandparents, and, uh, you know, how to let people in your life and to help develop you. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, it was a, a team effort from not just coaches, but, uh, you know, the, the kids I grew up with to the teammates I had throughout my, you know, road to professional and even, you know, teammates I had professionally, um, and one of my, clo- one of my closest friends are, you know, came from that time, the time of life, but, uh, you know, there was quite a different people that, uh, you know, helped, uh, guide me to, to where, um, I was, you know, okay. outside two years ago. Yeah. So, and Robbie, I want to let the listeners know that, you know, you, you had a long professional career. The, the NHL portion of it were the years 2007, some games with Toronto Maple Leafs, um, 32 games with Minnesota Wild in 2009. And then um, your last season in NHL was 2010. But then you move on and play in Europe and, and only retire recently in 2020. Yeah. I imagine... Um, it was a it was a good career and uh, financially rewarding to to keep playing to twenty twenty. Um, so I just want to ask you again to maybe just uh, popcorn out some highlights from 
the experience with the Leafs and the Wild, just some special memories that uh, sort of resonate with you. And then you can maybe talk about your career away from the NHL. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of fun moments that, that popped to mind, uh, especially with Leafs, um, you know, Hey, just getting the opportunity to, you know, sue up in the Leafs uniform and, and, uh, play a handful of games. Um, you know, me and some idols that, uh, I grew up watching, uh, you know, Matt Sundin and, um, uh, that, that was definitely a very special moment. Um, you know, able to, you know, help the team win a couple early games and, you know, getting, um, a couple of first hand points um on the board there uh, early on was uh definitely a highlight of my life um and then you know the excitement of you know getting traded um uh, to to um the Minnesota Wild and and obviously close proximity to you know my collegiate career at Wisconsin and and just that that uh, fan followed you know you know in close proximity under you know they knew who I was coming from a collegiate standpoint um and there you know just uh you know, being able to be in a market that was uh, um, hockey crazy, just like just like uh, uh, Toronto, um, definitely was, was special. And you know, and obviously getting to spend uh, some decent amount of time with the club and traveling, and and um, you know, again, just able to continue to develop and having good coaches while I was there. Um, but definitely, some key moments uh, uh, there was uh, you know, I remember. Um, you know, you know, playing with the the arrows there. I was down to Houston Arrows at their their minor league club there, and you know, making a couple of long runs into the uh, AHL finals was uh, another okay. stuff, a moment that came from that. Uh, but yeah, it's just a collection of good people, good moments uh, that uh, kind of encompassed uh, my my uh, NHL career. Um, and then you mentioned Matt on Dean or certainly some players that jump out that you either played for or against were like, wow, you know, it's hard to believe that these were the guys you, you played against and some outstanding talent. Does anyone jump out that you either played against or with? I'd say, uh, uh, Jerome McGinley for sure. Um, you know, he is a pretty special human being. Uh, so there's a couple of times where we've been lined up and, you know, he looks over and says, you know, Hey Robbie, how you doing? Uh, I mean, like, and this, you know, he actually knows who I am. Uh, so that, you know, that, that was a pretty, pretty special moment. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, I looked up to Jerome, so that was, uh, that was very cool. And, um, you know, lining up with, uh, you know, obviously, you know, shooting up, shooting up with Matt's, Matt's and Dean was, uh, yeah. thing that, uh, I'll always remember. And, you know, just getting those words of wisdoms, you know, prior to the game and just, seeing the amount of commitment he had he put towards the game was uh unparalleled and uh it was something that uh um you know i tried to apply to my game but uh yeah there's just so many just amazing just getting the chance to play an NHL and just see this the level of, of uh, how hockey is played at that level is uh was amazing to witness and uh yeah it was uh pretty yeah so I know we talked off air about some of the other um, black and biracial players you sort of uh, network with. I, I don't know if that happened, that you had some mentors along the way, or there's just connections um, post-career because people are just sort of, there's a common bond that you're yep. you know one of the few within a sport that's white. But, but I was going to ask you again about your ref, your recollection at that point in time playing AHL. You mentioned Jerome McGinley. Were, were you aware of other players and that that you played against or whatever that time oh yeah and we we all know and recognize and 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 kind of keep tabs on um 
you know, other players in other areas that, uh, you know, we definitely would relate to, but, uh, you know, I was unfortunate where I didn't play on many teams that, uh, you know, I could say, yeah. uh, you know, um, you know, I played against Greg Malden quite a bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was Greg. Yeah. A couple of times when he was with the Avalanche and played with, played against him for many years in Switzerland as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was one of those relationships where you connect, uh, outside the rink and, you know, outside the, the games and, and, and see how everything's going. And, um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, a situation where, uh, you, uh, uh, you look from far and, uh, with some best and, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I know we're all trying to strive and get to where we were and not, uh, be seen as, you know, different, but yeah. uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, we all uh, definitely keep tabs. Yeah. Um, so the Switzerland experience then to put so many years over there. And I know you mentioned Greg Malden, um, played with you too, is it's a very positive experience you had playing in Europe in terms of the, the lifestyle provided you and the, the opportunities and the success on the ice. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, definitely, um, and a wonderful decision that, uh, you know, we, we made at, uh, you know, fairly young age. Uh, I think I went over there around, uh, you know, 27, 28, um, didn't expect to stay as long as I did, but, um, you know, it just gave me that, you know, different experience, uh, you know, to maybe, uh, you know, re-motivate my, my NHL, uh, career and, but, uh, you know, got the opportunity to, you know, stay longer and, you know, stay longer and, you know, keep getting extended, but, um, you know, just the, the level and the style I, you know, I was able to play there, uh, definitely met, uh, kind of, uh, you know, the style, you know, I hope to play, um, and then just from a lifestyle standpoint, uh, it was second to none. And, um, you know, we, my wife and I went over there, uh, without kids and then we left with kids. So okay. it was very, you know, different points of our lives, uh, and definitely switching holds a, um, definitely a, a special, uh, place in our heart. Yeah, not many people know that that's a choice that many players make to play for a long period of time. And I've, I, I've seen less of the player that's in the AHL for X number of years. So it, it must be a little bit more of a better lifestyle and maybe financially better off. But I've seen some long careers of players in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So we love yeah. it. Yeah. So then um, the diversity piece in terms of holistic, if you look at your experience as a Meyer hockey player and and a uh, collegiate player and an HL player where, were there, it's never easy for people to talk about, but would you say your experience overall, how would you describe it with uh, the issues of racism and equity and, or barriers? Um, was your experience a positive experience overall, or there's a moment you want to share with us that were tough to get over for you? You know, you look at, uh, as a young kid and developing through the game, uh, you know, your head's down. Um, you're really trying to just be like everyone else, everyone else trying to, uh, stand out on the ice rink, but not stand out too much off the ice. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think of, you know, my trajectory and, um, in moments in time, was there microaggressions or points where, you know, maybe it wasn't, uh, um, ideal for, you know, a young player growing up. Sure. Um, you know, I think we can all agree to that, but, uh, you know, overall, um, just, um, the benefits that, you know, I got from that as being, you know, 
a black hockey player, you know, growing up in mostly white environments was, um, you know, I had to be very adaptable. I had to, um, you know, lean on, uh, my understanding of, um, you know, people in the environment may not be always room for you, but, uh, there was definitely, um, skills that I took from that. Um, but then the second of all, it was, you know, finding good people in your lives. And I've talked about this uh, already. This podcast was being able to balance, uh, maybe, maybe not ideal environments that, uh, you know, I did it in comes, but I had people around me that, uh, you know, helped, uh, blend it or at least make it, uh, irrelevant at the times. But, uh, um, you know, there's definitely, uh, at that point ways to go for, um, um, you know, black hockey players, uh, coming up, but, uh, you know, we look at today, I really feel, uh, the game's going in the right direction. Yeah. I was going to ask you, are you optimistic about the future of hockey becoming or continuing to become more inclusive and, and, and why are you, what are you saying? Yeah, you know, I, I just think there's um, more opportunity for uh, others of color to be on the same teams. And, um, you know, and I think there's definitely um, a culture and upbringing of, of other kids growing up with, with people of color and other people from different backgrounds uh, that they're growing up through the game with, right? Uh, you know, you know, one, one for instance is, you know, you got players like me coming back and, and coaching, uh, you know, my level, square level, and, you know, their first you know, at least for the kids I coach, their first, uh, um, you know, if you look at it from, you know, a whole issue of views, like their first coach was a person of color, right? So, you know, for me, um, you know, those moments are important, but I think that expands out to kind of this new generation is um, they're getting way more exposure to, you know, others within the game um, that is actually developing kind of their um, ability once, you know, we get up in the ranks that, uh, you know, I'd say more inclusive. I'm not saying, you know, my experiences were never inclusive because they were, but, um, there was just a different time and a different, uh, habitation that I had to make, um, you know, being the only person of color, um, mm. that, uh, you know, let have lended a little bit more complications into kind of, um, how I, how I fit in, in, in those, in different moments. But, uh, yeah. um, yeah. So your, your perspective on this would be, um, very, very helpful being, uh, American living, growing up with hockey. So putting culture and race aside, hockey is not on the forefront of many people's minds uh, in certain markets of the U.S. Or So so I, I think part of this diversity inclusive movement is trying to broaden people's interests and, and grow the sport. So again, I, I, need, I know you mentioned you're optimistic about it. And, uh, you know, we had that example before about you were sort of like a specialized player and you yeah. chose to do that. You know, yeah. there, there's, there's many, there could be many people of various backgrounds who probably might have the means and the wealth, but it's like you mentioned earlier in the show, like, well, someone looked at you and said, well, you, you played hockey. It's not someone's first instinct. So yep. I think both the minority people as well as the majority often just our tendencies of not being to, as people have said that the term welcoming, I think kind of means remove barriers and raise the profile. Yep. Uh, any comments on that? Yeah, no, I think, uh, there's definitely, um, ways to go, you know, and I did highlight that, you know, I still, when I said I, I played hockey for as long as I did, it's, uh, you know, it's quite su surprising for most, but, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's a phase in which, you know, once the game grows and we, we keep moving in this direction where, um, identity becomes part of, uh, the game or, you know, more facets of, you know, 
are, you know, uh, facets of, of the game of hockey that I think you're going to, you know, you know, get rid of that, those kind of biases. But, um, you know, I think if you look at, you know, especially today, and I'm looking at, you know, NHL from, you know, more of a broader lens of where we are today. And you look at the number of um, black hockey players in the, in the game, playing at a high level, um, um, on, you know, very talented teams, winning Stanley Cups. And um, you look at, you know, good amount of kids um, that, you know, when I was, you know, that age, there was not, not very many, right? So, um, you know, the direction of the game, I'm very, very optimistic. Um, but like anything, um, anything, like anything short term, there's definitely ways to go um, in uh, in that direction. Yeah, lots of different promotion and exposure and, uh, you know, the, the roller hockey might have been a bit of a way in in terms of just your your awareness when you started too, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to uh, ask you then now, Greg, wrapping up, if you could share share some advice you would give to a young hockey player today. And I know you've touched on various things uh, through our conversation, but maybe just a few uh, points you want to leave with us to, to uh, share with the young folks. Yeah. Um you know, grow up, grow up to the game. I think it's important to, um, um, you know, lean in with who you are. Never try to follow the collective or have a passion for the game and have a passion for where you want to take the game. And that comes with being authentic and, and being yourself and have your own influence on, on your environment, have your own influence on, uh, your impact on the team. Um, and, uh, and it will pay dividends as you develop as a hockey player and how your personality comes out. Well, that's great advice to share with us. And um, yeah, thanks for uh, sharing all your journey with us. Uh, Robbie, really, uh, as I said, very unique for us to have a summary of uh, the highlights of your career. And there's, we don't interview many. Um, you know, we have 100 players in the Black Hockey Collection. A smaller proportion of them are, are actually American-born uh, yeah. of African descent. So you're you're cool. quite, in, quite in select like company. But, but but as you said, I think there's there's lots of opportunity in terms of just uh, amplifying those stories and yep. you never know what little storyline uh, makes a difference in, in a parent deciding to play the game or a child being turned on to the game. So I think uh, that more people should be, know about uh, the successes you've had in your career. So thank you very much. Thanks, Tane. I really appreciate it. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC female and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to share this story with your kids, then check out My Hockey Hero. It's shorter and suitable for the whole family. You can click the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Podstarter production. production.